Welcome to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life as seen through the lens of the Collects and other stuff in the Book of Common Prayer. I think we need a new tagline. We do need a new tagline. As seen through the lens of the Book of Common Prayer. Yeah, that works. I'm just realizing, by the way, that the audio for this episode may be kind of crappy because somehow Audacity is not recognizing my microphone. And Mm. so I'm recording through like the standard mic on the laptop. So... I apologize for my beautiful voice sounding less beautiful. Still sounds pretty beautiful to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, this week we are continuing along the path of Lent and um, talking about the various prayers of confession, penitence, and calling found in the daily offices of morning and evening prayer. Today, we're talking about something that's a little different than our usual collects. Uh, this is Canticle 14, <laughs> and um, it's also known as the Kyrie something or other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pan. Pantocrator. Pantocrator. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I have to say that in a Dr. Evil voice. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie Pantocrator. Uh, whatever it is, it's Canticle 14, A Song of Penitence, and it's on page 90 of the Book of Cullen Prayer. Since this is a long one, I think maybe we'll do this, um, read it responsively by whole verse, Brendan. Does that sound good? Uh, sure, that sounds good. Okay. O Lord and ruler of the hosts of heaven, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of all their righteous offspring, You made the heavens and the earth with all their vast array. All things quake with fear at your presence. They tremble because of your power. But your merciful promise is beyond all measure. It surpasses all that our minds can fathom. O Lord, you are full of compassion, long-suffering, and abounding in mercy. You hold back your hand. You do not punish as we deserve. In your great goodness, Lord, you have promised forgiveness to sinners, that they may repent of their sin and be saved. And now, O Lord, I bend the knee of my heart, and make my appeal sure of your gracious goodness. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned, and I know my wickedness only too well. Therefore, I make this prayer to you. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Do not let me perish in my sin, nor condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, O Lord, are the God of those who repent, and in me you will show forth your goodness. Unworthy as I am, you will save me in accordance with your great mercy, and I will praise you without ceasing all the days of my life. For all the powers of heaven sing your praises, and yours is the glory to ages of ages. Amen. Amen. 
Wow. Yeah. That's really good. It's not bad, yeah. So this is kind of a weird text in that it is, um, it's apocryphal. Uh, and I don't know that we've really talked much about anything from the Apocrypha uh, no. before. And I don't know, is this technically even in the Apocrypha, if you have a Bible that has one? Wikipedia says that it is part of the Apocrypha of the King James Bible. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yep. So the Apocrypha in the Episcopal Church, and I believe most denominations that even observe that the Apocrypha is a thing, is are, are texts that uh, are regarded as useful for instruction but cannot be used to establish um, doctrine or canon. Uh, because they are sort of disputed texts in, in terms of what their canonical status is. Uh-huh. So we should actually talk about who is actually praying this prayer. Yeah. So it's this king named Manasseh, and you'll find him in, uh, where is this? Second, Second Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. And he is uh, generally regarded as... Um, uh, a not great king, I believe? Yes, that is correct. And I'm trying to see like what exactly it was he did. Um, okay, so so again, Wikipedia, our theological resource, says this about him, that he was, um, he had reinstituted idolatry and polytheism to Judah. Okay, yeah, so that's not great. Yeah, and then he um, he was taken captive by the Assyrians, and while he was a prisoner, he um, started to worship the Lord. And after he got out of jail, he went back and became king again and turned the country from his idolatrous ways. So this is like basically a jailhouse conversion story. It is. It is. Wow. Is this and, the first and one? And this maybe? prayer is apparently the prayer that he prayed that that um, led to his conversion. Huh. I don't know which came first, the conversion or the prayer. You know, I don't know. I, I suppose that they would have. And I don't know why you would pray this prayer unless you had already converted in some capacity. Fair enough. Okay. It's not like a chicken egg thing. No, probably not. I don't know. I, you know, we have in the collects all these prayers that we're asking uh, God for the grace to love God. So mm-hmm. maybe it is sort of a chicken egg thing. So what do we think about the prayer itself? I actually think it's pretty great. Um, you know, it's really hard for me uh, to complain a great deal about this prayer. The thing that always strikes me whenever I use this one in morning prayer mm-hmm. is uh, the image, uh, and now, O oh Lord, I bend the knee of my heart. I was just about to say that. Have we talked about this weird-ass phrasing? Sorry. Have we talked about this weird phrasing before <laughs> on this show? Um, no, I don't think so. I It has shown up in other places. I feel sure of it. It is a weird, weird way to say things. I just sort of think about that, like, it's it's an image that, on the one hand, is very sort of affecting, mm-hmm. and yet is also, like, 
Um, your heart really can't do that, dude. <laughs> my, I don't know about other people's hearts, but I don't think mine has joints. <laughs> <laughs> but I, obviously, I think the point here is right. that this is repentance in the sense of a broken and contrite heart, as as Psalm, uh, as the Psalms put it, uh, as opposed to just you know being on your knees in the proper form, uh, but perhaps not truly repenting. So um, I did a little bit of hatchet research, hatchet, yeah. hatchet research on this, um, and. Um, this the this canticle is new to the 79 book of common prayer although it has been used in several other places including um the great compline of the byzantine rite and the mozarabic rite i did look up uh the lenten great compline and I, while i'm not sure that i have found the lenten great compline of the byzantine rite uh, I did find uh, from the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America uh, a liturgy for uh, the Great Compline during Lent, um, which does not include this text, by the way. But I'm going to say, you know, if you are accustomed to Compline as like a little five-minute office, this is not that. It's really <laughs> long. I was like looking at it on my phone earlier today and I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It anyway, it was a lot of swipes of my thumb before I got to the bottom. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like the entire Psalter is there, or at least all of the penitential psalms are in there. And there are specifications for how loudly you should chant things. So there's like specifically oh. things that are supposed to be chanted in a low voice. It's interesting. Sweet. Post a link in the show notes and uh uh, and let y'all take a look at it and uh, just allow yourself like a good solid like 45 minutes before bedtime uh, <laughs> to pray this thing awesome well so um, the the last thing is the rubric the rubrical um, use of this canical it is recommended for use in Lent on Sunday Wednesday and Friday mornings and on Monday evenings <laughs> sure why not I mean, okay. I get, I get why it would be on Sundays and Fridays, because yes. you know, you know, Friday's a penitential day, especially during Lent, and you know, Sunday presumably you're going to be confessing during Lent. I don't know what's so special about Wednesdays and Mondays. Right. Nor do I. But I wonder if some of our listeners might know. I also just wonder. I know the rubrics wouldn't allow this, but. This prayer certainly seems like it could almost substitute for a uh, for a prayer of confession. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think its flaw is that it does not confess specific sins. It mm-hmm. sort of alludes to them. So again, in the sense that you're really supposed to reflect on what your sins are, this seems to be sort of a prayer of asking for forgiveness for general sinfulness rather than specific sinfulness. What's the difference between penitence and confession? You can confess something without being penitent about it. You can be like, I murdered that guy, I'm telling you the truth, but <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. But I guess I mean in the church. Like, mm. like there's, 
it seems like they're this is called a, a canicle of penitence is is there a distinction or am i just making a molehill where there is no mole well no i i think there must be a distinction so i, I not not to put it too too lightly but i think penitence is kind of about the feels so mm. so you have this which is again a prayer of of asking forgiveness for sort of generally falling short as a human being as opposed to confession i think has some real specificity to it got it so you've got things like the penitential orders that are uh that are optional before uh mass but often appear uh during the lenten season which include the confession as part of them but they're overall about penitential feels is the big point Mm -hmm. always with the feels yeah How has your Lenten morning and evening prayer discipline been going? Uh, better than last year. Yeah. So I, I am not living up to what I had specifically planned to do, which was truly pray uh, the office. Uh, uh-huh. However, so with the help of one of our listeners, uh, Shirley Banks, there's like this little group that is texting each other every day. Uh, to say when they have prayed morning prayer, evening prayer, noonday prayer, Compline, etc. Uh, and you should look at our Facebook page if you want to see instructions on how to do this. But uh, that, that's that been helpful. It's, you know, a small group of us, maybe, I don't know, four or five people. I occasionally just get a text that somebody has prayed uh, one of the prayers. And so I have been successful all, all days except except yesterday, actually, at praying at least one of the offices. So sometimes that's noonday prayer, which kind of feels like cheating because you can get through that in like two minutes. But <laughs> but still, that's like way more than I'm normally doing. So I'm that's doing awesome. all right. How, how's it going for you? Um, I have been successful-ish, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I would say. Um, I have been doing um, morning and evening prayer were were my goals that I would pray morning and evening prayer every day what I've learned and this is surprising to me but I have learned that evening prayer has been much harder for me than morning prayer because (laughs) I fall asleep a lot (laughs) (laughs) like reading to my daughter or watching tv so if I do fall asleep I try to read it the next morning when I'm reading morning prayer and if I can count that as success, then I haven't missed one yet. Wow, you're totally winning what? <laughs> I don't know if there's a, a win <laughs> in Lent. <laughs> but um, thanks. I have remarked on this show before that Father David Kendrick, uh, a friend of the show, he has continued to post his uh, daily office prayers um, daily on SoundCloud and uh, I, I've observed before that it doesn't always work for me because he is on central time uh, but I don't know if he's getting up earlier than he used to these days uh, but I have found that he is often posting his track in time for me to listen to it uh, on my commute to work so thank you David Kendrick because it's uh, it's been helpful I will also say that Mornings are just generally crap for me. So um, morning prayer is usually, I'm usually reading it as I am um, getting to the office 
and waiting for my coffee to be made to get brewed and my (laughs) computer to boot up i'm not often like waking up and reading it because i'm just not so well i i I seem to you're not like a super morning person uh that is about the greatest understatement that has ever been (laughs) okay well actually i i i feel you know pretty good i because last week last year around this time we were utter failures Yes, big time. <laughs> and uh, so this this year, I, I think, you know, we are bending the knees of our hearts. We are bending that heart knee. <laughs> <laughs> so what else we have to talk about? So I do think that we should acknowledge that even though this is Lent and we can't celebrate too much, this is our 150th episode. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Oh, Branton. (laughs) And when Easter rolls around, we are going to have been doing this show for three years. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I am so glad that we've been able to do this together. Me too. And I'm grateful for our listeners who have been such an encouragement. Yes. And through this podcast, we have met so many cool people. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I do have something to bewail, though. What is it? I need to bewail George Zabriskie. Why? So, remember during the presidential debates how there was this guy, Ken Bone, with the red sweater who everybody just wanted to hug? Yes. And then people looked him up on Reddit, and it turns out... um, Maybe you didn't want to hug him anymore? Yes, I totally remember that. So, I mentioned that George Zabriskie self-published this book of cocktails called uh, The Bon Vivant's Companion, I I believe. Uh, And uh, I actually found a PDF of it. Okay. So, in between chapters that just have cocktail lists, he has little amusing stories and jokes and uh some of the stories are totally racist oh no yeah and like i know he's a product of his times so i'm not going to disavow george zabriskie and say he's a bad bad man because we are all the product of our times and it doesn't excuse him either uh so george zabriskie is a person with with flaws Um, And I'm kind of mad at them right now. Fair enough. Can we talk about, can I acknowledge something? Yeah. Fellow Episcopalian and um, Twitter friend of the show, David Sinden, is doing a cool Lenten project that I wanted to highlight to our listeners. It is called Songs in the Desert, and it is a collaborative Lenten devotional on hymns. So okay. I saw that tweet, but I hadn't followed the link yet. Yeah. So what it is, he said, um, use the voice memo app on your phone to record a thought or two about your favorite hymn. What do you wish other people knew about this hymn? What words do you think we should notice? Is it a hymn that's fallen out of favor? Tell who you are, where you live, and what you do. And um, he says, make it about two or three minutes. And... Then email it to him at dsinden at gmail.com. 
and then he's going to edit them together with music and um, he's putting them on his website as an audio Lenten devotional which is really cool oh that is so cool yeah okay yeah and so, like this one actually plays to our talents a little bit more because we can like we're, we're pretty skilled at just like talking about stuff and totally making <laughs> things up not right. so skilled at singing not at all <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and he also make, makes the comment on his blog, um, which is sinden.org, that although he is an Episcopalian, so he figures that most of the people in his circles are also Episcopalians, he would welcome hymns from any Christian tra- tradition. All right. Cool. Well, I hope our listeners participate in that. And I'll, yeah. Um, huh, I'm going to have to think about this a little. Yeah. Thanks, uh, David, for letting us know about it. We're happy to promote any kind of cool... Um, audio stuff on our blog uh, and when i say blog i mean podcast <laughs> i was looking at his blog saying a podcast it's an audio blog <laughs> it's a, it's an og <laughs> <laughs> well if you would like to share your favorite og with us uh you can do that on twitter at the collect call uh, send us an email at the collect call at actsatemovement.org uh, or find us on Facebook uh, where we are also the collect call. And you can find our parent organization on Facebook and Twitter at Acts8Movement or on the web at acts8movement.org. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence, which is really one of my favorite hymns. Maybe I'll talk about that one. Uh, nice. And that's performed by Aaron DeVries and it's distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And come back next week when we will be continuing our series through Lent. We'll see you then. mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended, our full homage to